Nightcrawler Podcast, Wednesday, January 27th, Episode 4. I'm Tyler Hammer, as always, joined by Colin Davis. We have a very special edition of Casey's Pod coming your way. Not only one guest, but two today, both North Penn students, get a little insight into North Penn life, both academically and athletically. Yeah, a little later in the episode, we sit down with SGA President JoJo, along with basketball starter Josh Jones, following their big win last night versus CB East. A little 10-point comeback in the fourth quarter to send the game to overtime, and North Penn was able to get the win over the Patriots with a five-point overtime win. Really a nail-biter and a great game all around. Yeah, but before we get to those interviews, we want to tell you guys about the giveaway that we were doing this Friday via call-in section. Email us at kc.podcast21 at gmail.com. That's kc.podcast21 at gmail.com. And before you give your question, give us your Super Bowl 55 prediction, and the winner will receive a $15 gift card. But now let's hop right into our interview with JoJo. Wednesdays with JoJo. All right, we are now joined by the SGA president and editor for the Night Crier, JoJo Dawadi. Thank you for coming on, man. I'm humbled. You were a little late. Would you have a long scoreboard, uh, school board meeting? Well, it wasn't an official school board meeting. Uh, it was a North Penn area Democrat meeting and a whole bunch of local officials like school board members and other local leaders kind of attend that meeting every month. And we talk about municipal races. We talk about ways to get involved in the community and a whole bunch of other stuff that isn't as fun as you'd think it is. But yeah, it was, it was a really long meeting. It ran, ran a little overboard, but Nonetheless, I'm happy to be here. You know, you're, you're, you're a pretty interesting guy. You got a lot going on. And I'm sure you're familiar with the Pat McAfee show where they have Aaron Rodgers on weekly. It's pretty hype. So we were thinking maybe we get JoJo on. We do Wednesdays with JoJo every Wednesday. It'd be a recurring segment. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know how Monero would feel about that, though. I, I don't know how he'd feel about that either. I mean, I was surprised I was okay to, okayed for this show right now. But who knows? I mean, they let Colin co-host the podcast. So I guess anything... Anything's possible. That was an unnecessary jab at me. I, I, I feel like I do a pretty good job actually co-hosting uh, <laughs> Mr. Hamer. So uh, I didn't, I, I didn't appreciate that, man. But I'll let it slide. Hey, I guess. You gotta get the mic. You gotta be official. All right, JoJo. You showed up thirty minutes late, and you're talking about official. So. Oh, I'm sorry. But, but moving on, moving on, JoJo. Uh, just talk to me a little bit, real quick, about how you got so involved with school because it feels like like as Monero says all the time like you do everything um well coming in sophomore year you obviously have those activity fairs and I was honestly very skeptical of joining any school clubs because all throughout middle school I didn't really do anything but I figured why not I give it a shot and I joined um student council and through student council Throughout my sophomore year, I wasn't incredibly involved. Um, I, I obviously helped. I was a senator that year, and I obviously helped with already established events like Powder Puff, the homecoming tailgate party, the talent show, and other things SGA did. And that's, only the really, that's really the only club I was a part of. But the more the year I got really involved was my junior year, and that was when I first joined the Night Crier that was when I joined Model United Nations. Um, I, I, you might have saw me on the Night Crier update for the morning show. And that's, that's pretty much it in terms of school activities. I was also the treasurer of SGA. 
And I think the main thing about getting involved for me is not just the fact that I can say I'm involved. It's the fact that I, I only do things where I think I can actually have a quote unquote impact on um, in areas like club, social environment, um, getting events in the building or writing articles for the school newspaper. So like, it's not like I join the uh, pasta club just to be in the pasta club. And obviously no offense to anybody who's in the pasta club, but uh, I only join clubs to where I can kind of see a certain direction. Uh, is there a pasta I'm club? Glad you, uh, I'm glad you uh, said no offense. We actually have a big following from the pasta club in general, but um, just talk to me a little bit real quick. Does that get all these events and everything you have to deal with, especially as president, does that get a little bit overwhelming? Well, yeah, I, I was actually, so early on in the year, I'd say I fin- I kind of officially sensed a mental burnout. So I was playing soccer for the school. I was in all these school clubs and I have a whole bunch of things going on outside of school. And it got to the point where I was missing club meetings. Um, I was not as attentive in class as Mr. Monero <laughs> likes to point out every 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> I was, yeah. Yeah, so a whole bunch of stuff like that. And it was to the point where I had to kind of make a couple mature decisions and resign from a couple um, organizations that I wasn't as involved in. And as I did that, I kind of I realized what I could and couldn't handle in terms of the amount of workload. So it, I think if, if, you're, if you're young and you're trying to, when I say young, I mean like a sophomore in high school and you're looking for ways to get involved, don't just do anything just to do it because it's to the point where like civic humanism can kind of turn into selfishness. So if, if you know for a fact that you're not giving the people in the club or the people on a sports team, you're hundred percent when they ask you to do something, then you're wasting not only your time, but also their time. So it's just a, it's just a big role in being unselfish and also selfish when it comes to, participating in so many things so you talk about all the events that sja has put on what do you guys got going on right now well honestly last year during the campaign we kind of did promise a lot of things and that was in hopes that this year would be um semi-normal like we had we the, the big campaign thing like, was yeah homecoming the homecoming yeah, yeah yeah and that was obviously something like some things are just out of your control right so e- even though we wanted to do it state it wasn't even like school guidelines like literal state and federal guidelines made it so we couldn't do certain things and like i said the homecoming dance was a big one so we so we had a like a whole bunch of meetings to see how we could transition certain events in the virtual setting and the one that was really hard hitting was the homecoming ceremony and i think it goes without saying that for everybody that was on the court and every parent that was a part of it, it didn't really do justice to like what homecoming really is. And homecoming is supposed to be this big ceremony for the whole school for the entire week. And if you're on the court, it's supposed to be this very special moment for you. And it's supposed to be something you remember for at least a good part of your life. You know, you have that whole spirit week, you have that big uh, breakfast, you have the auditorium ceremony where the whole grade kind of watches you strut down the field in like a, uh, not the field, the auditorium in a um, tuxedo. And if you're a woman, wear a dress. 
Um, and it's supposed to be this very, very big ceremonial thing. But this year, we obviously weren't able to do any of that. So we kind of thought about, we kind of went into what we could do. And we knew that there ha would have to be a lot of things that were missed out on. So obviously, the breakfast, the auditorium ceremony, none of that we knew, we knew none of that was going to happen. So we decided on having the normal voting. So the normal voting procedure, that didn't change. That would have been online anyways. And we obviously had the court still, but the only thing that we honestly could do was have that intro video of every candidate or everybody on the court. And then we had the ceremony and that was honestly, that was it in terms of what the school could do for homecoming. But nonetheless, we're, we're still happy that we got it done and that we didn't just skip over it. Um, that's an event that we had early on in the year. And now Wish Week was obviously a big one. And the big thing about Wish Week was that normally it's a kind of a raffle where you have to buy a ticket to enter. But this year we just decided that school morale was down so much. You know, no one, the student body isn't really happy with the school year and it's not, and it's not in anyone's control. Um, so we just thought, we just thought, how could we make, um, you know, a random kid in 10th grade or 11th grade or 12th grade's life a little easier. So we thought of making Wish Week free to enter this week or this year. And we obviously had a whole bunch of big prizes. Um, and that was basically our main goal. We just wanted to make someone's um, year a little bit happier. Um, in terms of the future, in, in events, we obviously can still do things like data match because that could all be online and you can just get an email of all the people you match with. Um, but other events that we would do was obviously the volleyball tournament and the dodgeball tournament. Those things are just not really in our vision right now. It depends how the vaccine goes and how much we can really participate in school. But, you know, all that's up in the air. So I think the main thing moving forward is that we, we're, we're quick to adapt on certain things and we realize what we can and can't do. So that's most important. Is prom something that you guys have discussed yet? Uh, honestly, SGA doesn't do prom. So there's a, mis there's a big misconception between student government association and class cabinet. And the, honestly, the easiest way I could explain it is that class cabinet does events that's, that is grade specific. And student government does events that's the whole school. So like, for example, the, the homecoming ceremony, like that's the entire school right? So that's SGA, but class, they do like senior prom. Um, the sophomore class does winter ball, even though that's the whole school, but that, that, that was, it's honestly, it doesn't really count. Um, and the junior class does the junior prom. So those are like, that's like the main difference. Gotcha. Um, so obviously, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Monero kind of rips on you in class. Um, that's because we take our news journalism class uh, right for our school newspaper, The Night Crier. Um, you just posted that article last week um, with Rob. Uh, just tell me a little bit about what went into that interview. I know it took a little bit of time for you. Well, honestly, it was the, the main time piece was that we're both very busy people. So that was like the biggest issue, just finding a time that both worked for us. And honestly, once we got to the interview, it was one of the few interviews that it was, it was easy to like not go from question to question. 
And if you know what I mean is like, if you've ever interviewed someone and you're going from question to question, it's just so obvious that you're not having a real conversation with them. But the interview with Rob, you know, he, he's such a down to earth and nice person that it was, it was easy to kind of connect with him. And he was so open to talk about why he wasn't able to participate in basketball this year um, and what it meant to him moving forward. So it, it just, and I'm sure you saw on Twitter, it, it, he just has a lot of support behind him um, with the coaching the North Penn basketball family in general and other, other following um, teammates um, and other family members as well. So he, I'm really happy how his situation turned out for him. Um, and it was a really fun interview to do. Yeah. Josh touches on um, when we interviewed him, just how important Robbie is on and off the court. Robbie's a really good kid. Can you just talk about a little bit like how much his character you think brings to like the basketball team and just everyone that he impacts. Well, honestly, I, I can't really attest to how much his character would bring to the basketball team simply because I wasn't really exposed to that environment. But just, just having a conversation with him, I'm sure he's not the guy where if you're having a bad game or if you're missing a ton, a ton of shots to kind of yell at you. He's definitely the type of guy to kind of encourage you and build your confidence up that way. You know, he understands that he's probably the good balance between the team. So I'm sure there are a couple guys on the team that, you know, have that Kobe Bryant mentality or Michael Jordan mentality where they kind of yell at you when you miss. But I'm sure Rob is like the good balance of not doing that and kind of encouraging you. What would so, you say? Uh, what mentality would you say Josh has? Um, just with my experience with him as soccer, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like he's a really nice guy, but then all of a sudden he, he takes his sports very seriously, right? So in soccer, like I, I'd, I'd just be like, you know, myself I just passed the ball or something but Josh like you know the connection we have like we've known each other for a really long time so when I mess up he points it out so much like he exaggerates what I mess up as opposed to what someone else messes up on the team so he, he's like kind of goofy in that sense but in in a game he's obviously very serious um I'm sure in in a basketball setting he he has that like leadership mentality where he's not just full out yelling at you on the court he kind of knows to kind of just talk to you and I, I tell this to Josh but when he talks on a on a like any game level he like mumbles and he like mumbles to himself so I it he thinks like he's talking to you but in reality you can't hear him because he's like mumbling and grunting so I'm not sure if he actually knows that like there have been times in a soccer game where he's told me to do something and I didn't hear him. I just said, okay. And, um, and then I ended up doing the wrong thing. So that's kind of uh, how – John, you say you, uh, you only passed, but if I remember earlier this season, you actually scored a goal. Whether, whether it was an empty net or not, we won't, yeah, we won't really talk about that. But I remember you scoring a goal, man. Well, honestly, I had the, I had the easier job. So on both – on I think the most – the goal you're talking about is definitely the one in the playoffs where it was a cross by Nate Kim, who's a sophomore and he crossed the ball to Josh. And then Josh was able to, I, I think it was a shot, but he missed. So he, he kind of put it wide to the goal and thank God I was there to kind of just tap it in because, you know, that was such a clear opportunity for Josh to hit it in, but he missed. And I was like, Oh no, I guess I have to go tap it in. So that's just exactly what I ended up doing. In terms of the actual um, skill of the goal, I think a toddler could have done that. 
Um, but that obviously doesn't need to be mentioned. Yeah, who knows if you weren't there, you guys might have not won. So good thing, you, good thing you were there. All right, Joe Jubin, thank you for coming on. Hopefully, maybe we can get you in next week, make this a recurring segment. It'd be cool. You obviously got a lot going on. So I feel like your life updates weekly, and it'd be good to have you come in and share your insight. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. That was our interview with SGA President Jojo Dalwadi. Now, before we transition into our next guest, we want to break down the basketball game last night. Avery Downing on the call. North Penn down by two. 30 seconds left. Billy Coley has the ball. Billy Coley with the ball. Billy Cooley drives to the basket, and oh, he gets it to go, Billy Cooley! Oh my goodness, the game is all tied! 59-59 with 24 seconds left in the game! In overtime on the very first play, Zelt finds Josh on a good feed down low. This game, oh, Josh Jones at the beat! Josh Jones gets it to go! Josh Jones gets it to go for two! The nice take the lead, 61-59! Up two with only a minute left. North Penn looked to Joey Larkins once again to get a big bucket. Just drives to the basket, puts it up, and gets it to go, Joey Larkins! He has the clutch gene, he has the clutch gene. I repeat, Joey Larkins has the clutch gene. Then to put the game away, Billy Coley finds Zelt down low to wrap it up for the Knights. He almost loses it, but he still, he maintains great offense by him. He finds Ryan Zelt, whatever, Ryan Zelt gets it to go! Ryan Zelt, Ryan Zelt gets the ball to go! We are now joined by Louisville soccer commit and starter on the North Penn varsity varsity starter on the basketball team, Josh Jones. Thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, a, it's an honor to be on. You, you an avid listener? Oh, of course. Listen to every episode so far, every day. I'm tuned in, so I can't <laughs> wait for another one. Did you have practice today? How'd that go? We did. We had practice from uh, 3.30 to 6.30, and then we had lifting after, so... It was it was a pretty good day. Are practices a lot easier after a big win like you had last night? No, not necessarily. You'd think that. But, you know, normally we watch film from the game. We watch probably like the first half or like some snippets of the second half. And then we get right into practice. We don't really take too many off days. We're just getting ready for Friday now. Yes, it was obviously a really close game last night. 71-66 in overtime is a thriller. Uh, close game, tight finish. How important is it for you guys to get those tight games out of the way so it teaches the team how to win? Yeah, I think last night was definitely a huge game, you know, being our second overtime game and uh, us losing the first one to Penridge, getting that win last night to, you know, put us in first place in the conference and over undefeated CB East was a uh, big momentum shift for us uh, as we gear up for the second half of the season now. What does coach usually tell you at the end? Obviously, you had the first time, like you said, after uh, Penridge. What does coach usually tell you after the end of regulation? But, you know, basically the score starting at 0 I'm just going out. Mm -hmm. He just says, you know, there's four minutes left in the game, zero zero. You know, they're gonna they're gonna come at us. We're gonna come back. It's just whoever can make that that one final run in overtime and get it done. You know, Penridge obviously hit a lot of a lot of big shots in overtime versus us. They had two big threes that really kind of put them over the edge, and we we got a little stagnant and couldn't really score. But and then CB East, I feel like uh, kind of flipped the switch, and we. We went on the attack and we scored first and then that really set the tone for overtime. So I think that was it was definitely a big, big win for us last night. All right, four sixteen left in the fourth. Mm -hmm. You guys are down by uh ten, I believe. Uh Conrad calls a timeout. What does he usually what does he come up with and talk to you guys about in a situation like that? Yeah, we didn't really come up with anything new. We we knew what we wanted to run and what was working. So, you know, Coach Carrado told us during the game, hey, they just went on a 9-2 run. 
why can't we do that? And then we came out of that timeout firing. I think Zelt hit a nice corner three. And I had a layup and then hit a three. So, you know, we, we knew we were in it. I didn't even realize till after the game that we were down 11 with only four minutes left. I think that was – that really shows that we didn't really give up last night. And, uh, you know, we're never out of it. Fast-forwarding to the end of the game, you guys are down two, 59-57, 30 seconds mm -hmm. left. Most would expect a player of your caliber to have the ball in your hands, but Billy Coley has it. Just walk me through the play. Get to the rack. Nice lay. Just walk me through the play. Yeah, we were running a little corner play. So I was in the post, and I was trying to trying to seal my guy, but he's obviously, you know, 6'9", like 230. So he was a, he was a pretty similar, big guy. Similar to my uh, stature. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> you know, I was I was battling with him all night, and uh, other guys really stepped up. You know, Billy – Billy hit a couple big threes, Zelt hit some threes, and Malin. And, you know, whoever had the ball uh, at the end of the, you know, as time was running out, was going to was gonna get a little good look. And Billy beat his guy baseline, had a great move, and then finished that reverse layup. So that was huge for us. Get so the, the, the boys have definitely been buzzing, as you could say. Oh, yeah. later. You know, five and two. Uh, you guys got pretty big upcoming games coming up? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Friday night, we start the second half of our season, you'd say. You know, we're playing – uh, our conference teams again. So we play West again. And then Saturday afternoon, we have senior day against Neshaminy and they're undefeated. So, you know, that's going to be a really good, tough challenge for us to see where we're really headed right now. Uh, you guys have been able to bounce back after, you know, what was a small little stretch right there with Pembridge mm -hmm. and Plymouth White Marsh. Uh, just talk to me about that PW game and what you guys have to do to bounce back from it the way you guys did. Yeah, I mean, well, coming into that PW game, you know, we just played overtime versus Penridge and, you know, suffered a pretty pretty bad loss because we, we thought we were better than them. But, you know, I don't, I don't think we really came in that Saturday afternoon with the right mindset. I mean, PW came out firing. They were pressing us out the gate, and we just, we just couldn't handle it. That was a uh, it was just not a good day all around. We had too many turnovers. We couldn't hit shots, and then they couldn't miss, you know. It's definitely one that we wanted to – not not necessarily forget, but put in the back of our minds so that we know that we can't let this happen again. We can't come out come out slow in the first first half of the game because you know I think we gave up forty or fifty point. I think it was actually sixty points at halftime. So you know we were just trying not to let them score a hundred on us. Uh, obviously, North Penn this year, you guys are forced to uh, play in mask mm -hmm. um, basically anywhere you guys are at. Um, just talk to me about what's that like and if it strongly does restrict your breathing and stuff like that the way people think um I, I would say that it it does play to somewhat an effect um you know definitely that first week of practice when you know Governor Wolf required us to you know wear masks when we do inter, uh, winter sports inside it was it was a little different at first I mean guys were huffing and puffing and I think it all also all depends on what kind of mask you wear. So I wear like the Under Armour, uh, you know, like dry fit one. And that one, that one's pretty good, but it, it gets kind of wet when you sweat and then you're like, you're breathing in and out and, you know, it's coming in and then you like breathe in and it sucks in with your mouth. So that gets a little annoying, but I mean, you, you tend to forget about it once you get, you know, playing it into the game, you don't really focus on that. So, I mean, it is what it is. We can't really do anything about it. When you guys are on the road, the home team doesn't have to wear one, right? No, they do. They do? Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So the whole league, the whole state actually has to wear them. I know. Well, I think it's Boston University. One college, they don't, they, they don't require you to uh, 
wear it when they always they always wear theirs no matter what. But yeah. when but when they're home, they require you to wear it, which I thought was kind of kind of yeah. Weird. It, is, it is a little weird, and you know you'd think that like some teams you know might not want to play them or something like that because they don't want to wear masks. But you know credit to those Boston guys for you know sucking it up and doing that because their school is telling them to. Yeah, I wonder what like if your team's playing them. Like you probably practice in masks all week too. Like you're probably yeah. preparing a mat, which is probably hell within itself. Just because mm-hmm. it's, the, I don't know. There was a there was a thing that you can file to not wear the mask if you like prevent injury. So Colin, I'm not sure. Like for football, like that was like the end of the season that you they required it for football, right? We I oh you guys were already I, out. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> maybe were supposed to, but. We didn't really. It was only when you came to the sideline, mm-hmm. um, and even then, it was like, it was like, yeah, like coaches like made you put it up, but it was like hard because like, like, and Josh, you know, like when you're out there, like it's like insanely hard, like either not to pull down or like, like to genuinely play with it up. So like when we were doing that, it was like we literally just couldn't. And I mean, like we're under a helmet already, like. Like you're already making physical contact. Like it's just exactly. it was kind of pointless. You know, you guys are you guys are missing Rob Cranji obviously this year. How how big of a hole has it been to fill? And can you even fill a guy like Rob Cranji's spot on the team? I mean, you I wouldn't say you can, but you know, his presence is always gonna be felt when it's not there. I mean, he's six eight, he's long, he can drive, he can shoot. So we definitely missing Rob this year, but you know, his health comes first. So, I mean, I've kind of had to play center, play five guard, the biggest player on the other team, which I'm fine with doing. But I think it it also is good because, you know, we can play – we can guard every position. We can play five around one and – or four around one and, uh, you know, get in the lane. Everyone can shoot outside. So, I mean, we're kind of – I guess you could call us going small ball this year. But, I mean, it's definitely – it's definitely the sucks that we don't have Rob. I mean, we'd we'd love to have him out there, but you know, again, his health comes first. Um, you, obviously, picking back off of uh, JoJo's article, which can be found on the Night Crier. Um, how do you guys respond when Rob told you guys originally, you specifically knowing that, like, kind of you guys were going to be the two main players, knowing that, like, mm-hmm. do you, did you figure that you're all right? Well, I'm going to have to step up my role a little bit, or how did that go for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's just another guy, you know, Rob last year could get us, you know, 10 to 20 points each night, 10 rebounds, you know, we had to replace that me, Joey, Billy, you know, Zell, we all had to step up a little more and provide more scoring this year for what we're missing with Rob. I mean, we're like his presence is going to be missed severely. I mean, every team scouting against us, I feel like if we had Rob this year, we would be on a totally different level, but you know, when he told us, we, we all knew, we all kind of knew before that, you know, with his diabetes, there would be a chance he wouldn't be able to play. And uh, when he told us, we, we were very understanding because, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to have to put him in a situation where he had to choose between his own health and playing basketball. That's not fair to him or his family. And Rob's a great kid. He probably, he definitely brings a lot off the court as well, correct? Yeah, definitely. He's a great guy, great uh, leader for the young kids. So, I mean like the freshman, so and he's also an animal in the weight room he might not look it he's a little skinny but <laughs> that, dude, that dude can lift all right josh well thank you for coming on man we'll definitely look to have you on more in the future especially talk about basketball i mean you play everything so i'm sure it'll be another season that we can get you on and ask you questions about yeah
thanks thanks for having me guys it's uh been a blast all right thank you all right that will about do it for this episode of casey's pod a couple thanks we'd like to give before we head out Advisor, teacher for the night card, Kevin Monero, JoJo, Hannah, Connor, all the editors, the staff, and everyone else behind the scenes. Josh and JoJo, thank you for taking the time to come on. Find Connor and I's articles and everyone else's on the staff at www.nightcrier.org and check out Nightcrier on Twitter at MPNightcrier, along with on Instagram at MPNightcrier. That's MPNightcrier on both platforms. And remember to head over to www.nightcrier.org to read the latest news. Check out the podcast on Twitter at KCPodcast1. That's KCPodcast1. If you have a question you would like Colin and I to answer on Friday's edition of Casey's Pod, head over to www.nightcrowd.org and drop a question in the comment section below the podcast or email us at casey.podcast21 at gmail.com and we will try to get into it on the next edition of the Nightcrowd Podcast. Thanks to Anchor. Listen to us at any place you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, etc. Or listen to us over there with our friends from Anchor at www.anchor.fm slash Casey's Podcast. That's www.anchor.fm slash Casey's Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.